2 Peter, 2 Peter 1, beginning at verse 5, I'm going to get right into this. By now, you know that we have been dealing very extensively. We've covered a lot of ground on the subject of offense, and we have been talking about living offense-free. In the last several weeks, we have been talking about overcoming offenses. Now, we have been trying to get, and we will get to it today, we have been trying to get to these qualities that Peter encourages us. So I want to talk about seven indispensable qualities. Will you say that? Seven indispensable qualities. Amen. And I'm sure there are others, but here are seven that Peter has given unto us by inspiration of Holy Spirit, that if we would do these things, that if we would grow in these areas, understand this now, we would never stumble. <laughs> do you hear me? So if we would do these, if we would make these a part of our lives, we would never stumble. And never stumble means never stumbles. Stumble, which goes back in line with the word that we've seen throughout this teaching. Great peace have they that love your law, and nothing shall offend them or literally cause them to stumble. In other words, so when things come, even though the offense came, the offense did not take bait because I was disciplined in the Word of God. I'm a disciplined doer of the Word of God. And we've seen throughout this teaching that those who love God's Word focus on His precepts, not what they did. <laughs> so we want to get to the place where nothing causes you and I to stumble. Then he says, when you get to this place, it will actually lead others away from sin. Are you here? So we're talking about seven indispensable qualities, and I encourage you to go back. The videos are still up from the previous teachings dealing with offense. So we're moving now from information to application. Will you say that? Moving from information to application. So we've been informed. So now it's time to apply. And there's something that we're going to see that you and I must do in order for this to work. Now, again, Peter's writing, and, and I need to say this because uh, I want you to jot why he's writing this second epistle. And he's writing to warn them of internal attack, complacency, and heresy. Internal attack, complacency, and heresy. He also encourages them to hold fast, listen to this, to the non-negotiable facts of faith. He encourages them to grow and mature in the faith and to watch out for those who would try to distort the truth. But understand this. He's warning them of internal attacks. So we have to be careful of internal attack, attacks from within. This is very important because we've seen throughout this season that 80% of Christians at any one given time are offended. So that lets you know that the majority of believers live in a land called offense, live in that place where every little thing causes them to stumble. So you want to get to that place where nothing offends you. Although they're going to come because of the discipline, they do not take root 
in your life. They're coming, but I'm not going to let it take root. That's where being a lover of God's word comes into play. Now, um, let's look at this, Second Peter, and we're going to begin it. Let's read the verses, then we'll look at these seven things more closely. First Peter, I want to read the verse number five from the NLT, then the rest of the verses from the Amplified. But I want to read verse five from the NLT to show you that we have to do something. In view of all this, make every effort to God's to to what respond to God's promises. So there's something that you have to do. You have to make every effort to respond <laughs> to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and more excellence with knowledge. We'll go over this. Notice he, he said, now, make it, or for this very reason, for what reason? It's found in verse 4. So that we might escape the world's corruption and share in Christ's divine nature. So when we take heed to this, we look more like Christ and not like the world from which we came. When we respond this way, Brother Moore, it identifies us as belonging to Christ. So when we don't and we retaliate and we fight and we fuss and we hold and we respond like the world, it identifies me as one who have forgotten that I'm a believer in the first place. We'll see this. <laughs> so, it, so we have to make every effort to respond. See, we keep waiting on the Lord. No, he has given you, and this is in verse 3, he has already given you everything that pertains to living to a godly, to living a godly life. He's there. He's already done what he's going to do. So now it's our response. And I submit to you, even for the new creation in Christ, he's waiting for your response. What? For you to get into agreement with what has already been satisfied. So now it's your response. Are you here? So he says, make every effort, Peter urges us. Or your translation may say diligence, but it's the same thing, effort or diligence. Uh, in the Greek, it literally means swiftness of movement or action. So when he says make every effort, be swift, haste. Haste and speed. In other words, quick. That's why, again, we've been talking about this offense. You have to be quick to forgive. You have to move in haste not to let this thing take root. See, let me go ahead and forgive you, and Lord, I'm going to need you to help me through the process. See, see, Lord, go, go, go ahead. See, when you're forgiven, you, you, see, when you forgive, you have administered surgery. And now, just, Lord, I thank you that the healing is in process. Oh, you are missing this. So he says what? Make every effort. So in other words, say I have to be swift when it comes to forgiving. Mm, you missed that. Say I have to be swift when it comes to forgiving. Okay, so that's what it means when he says make every effort. So he's saying be swift. Take action quickly. Are you here? So it also means having an earnest commitment and discharge of an obligation. 
So we have to be, we, there has to be an earnest commitment for the true love of God is this. You remember in 1 John? So, so you have to be quick to adhere to his word. Oh, see, we're going to see this in a minute because so often we let our flesh get the best of us. And when, when your flesh is getting the best of you, that means you have taken your eyes off its precepts and now you're more concentrated on the problem or the issue. And he encouraged us, no, you focus on what my word says, not what they did. Oh, you missed that. As long as you are focused on what they did, you will live in that land of being forever offended. That doesn't mitigate what they did. But what you did is already done. So again, I can hurt or heal, which is up to you. I can remain to hurt. I, I, I can stay here and literally bleed to death. Or I can start the healing process. Again, raise your hand and say, offense or overcoming offense is not easy. So no one said it's easy. And see, that's what we mean. It is hard. That's why you say, I can't, I never forgive. But see, you have to be swift. Be diligent. Are you here? Then he says, uh, supplement. Your faith with, then he goes out, he's he giving us these seven ingredients. But I want that, that word supplement, listen to this. In the Greek, it means to lavishly supply as it is suitable, listen to this, to outfit all that is needed to accomplish a grand objective. I say it again. Lavishly supply, the word supplement or supply, it literally means to supply, but it, 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 it is to lavishly supply as it is suitable to outfit all that is needed to accomplish a grand objective. The grand objective is to look like Christ in the earth. It's to respond the way Christ would respond. Are you here? The grand objective is to do the word. <laughs> is to grow into these areas, okay? Now, when he says lavishly supply, that means I need to get, the more this thing vexes me, as some say, is an indication that I need to lavish myself in the word all the more. The more this thing bothers me is an indication that I am, I, I am lacking in the area of word. I need more word. If this thing is gaining momentum on me and the situation doesn't seem to be getting better, I am lacking word. So I need to supply myself with more. It's almost like being thirsty. You, no, I, you know, and your body tells you when you're thirsty. And, and, and what do you do? You, you keep lavish, lavishing yourself with water, preferably, and not Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and Mountain Dew, until you feel that thirst, what? Christ. Why I'm taking time to go over these words because notice that word supplement, it is to provide at one's own 
expense. So we have to do something. Again, we keep waiting on the Lord. I've done it. I've done my share. Now you have to respond. You hear? So these seven virtues we provide at our own expense. That's the thrust in the Greek. So we have to supplement our faith with these things. Hmm. You hear? Of course, now we are aided by Holy Spirit, but we too must make every effort, as he says. Verse 5 again. For this very reason, applying your diligence to the divine promises, make every effort. Here it go again. And exercising your faith to develop more excellence, okay? And in more excellence, knowledge, um, insight, understanding. Now, two, I want you to note this. Notice we're not told to supply faith. We already noticed it, as New Covenant uh, believers in Christ, we know that that pistis faith comes from him. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word or the spoken word, okay? Um, <clears throat> so, uh, but we are told that living in agreement involves our effort. You hear? So we have to supply these things. God has given them to us, so it is now my job to put them into action swiftly. Are you here? Verse 6, and in your self-control, or excuse me, and in your knowledge, self-control, and in self-control, steadfastness, and in steadfastness, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly affection, and in your brotherly affection, develop Christian love. That is, learn to what? Unselfishly seek the best for others and do things for their benefit. We've been talking about this. This is a place of maturity. You just don't arrive here again because you've been saved 15 years. You arrive here by being a constant doer of the word. You arrive here by making sure that these things remain in you. For as these qualities are yours and are what? Increase, verse 8, and are increasing in you. You see it? For as these qualities are yours and are increasing. Look, look, look at this. In you as you grow towards spiritual maturity. So, again, this development is part of your spiritual maturity. We've seen throughout this teaching that when I let these little things get to me, it's a sign of spiritual immaturity. So for me to implement these, it's going to help me mature in those areas. They will keep you from being useless. So watch this. If you know someone who's useless, unproductive, uh, they're probably lacking these seven things, these seven qualities. <laughs> hmm. They will keep you from being useless and unproductive in regard to the true knowledge and greater understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9, for whoever lacks these qualities, watch this, is blind, short-sighted. So when I refuse to do these things, I am closing my eyes to spiritual truth. You're saying, Lord, I know more than you. In an indirect way. Why? Because you're trying to fix it a way other than what he's already prescribed. 
I know the word said, but it, I, and then we go back to this. Well, you don't know how I feel. I may not, but I know what his word says. And we can't go off how we feel. Again, like I said last Sunday, if you're waiting to feel like forgiving, you will never forgive. If you're waiting to feel like forgiving. Oh, I can tell by the response. Back to that 80%. He right. He right. Because I still haven't forgiven. But you're going to release that today. I sense it. I sense it. Now, that was a 20% clapping. 80% still says. Look around you. Anybody doing like this is the 80, part of the 80%. <laughs> For whoever lacks these qualities is blind, short-sighted, closing his spiritual eyes to the truth, having become oblivious to the fact that he was cleansed from his old ways. This goes back to verse 4, what we said. So it, it, for me not to do these things, it identifies me with that old man. And not to do it, Brother Moore, it's like I, I have forgotten that I'm a follower of Jesus. He's not holding forgiveness from you. You've already been forgiven. Oh, I don't want to get in that today because we won't get to these seven things. But I'm going to show you next week, you've already been forgiven. And he's not withholding forgiveness until you forgive. Again, we go back to the Gospels. Why Jesus was still here, his body had not been given yet under an old covenant where by it was you do, then he would do. You, you are not under that covenant. You remember in Hebrews, he has something bigger and better for us. Are you here? So, so God is not waiting on you. Matter of fact, that contradicts the nature of his, his loving nature. If, 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 if God is waiting us to forgive, for him to forgive, we are in trouble. He's already forgiven. That's why we should be quick to forgive because he has already forgiven us. Are you here? So he's not with... Agape is unconditional love. That means love without conditions. So if he is agape... And love is unconditional. If he's waiting on me to forgive, that's conditional. If he's waiting on me to walk perfectly before I can receive heaven's blessings, that's conditional. And he's not waiting on you to walk right to manifest the blessings. He's waiting on you to believe right to manifest the blessings. Because here's the thing. No, 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 listen to what I'm saying. Because if you believe right, the walking right would take care of itself. We keep trying to do with our own. No. It's the way you believe. And if you believe right, you would do right. You're not going to be perfect in the sense of flawless. You're not because you've been affected with that sin nature 
That's an illusion. You're not going to be perfect. And we've seen in Matthew when he says be perfect as Jesus is perfect, that word in the Greek means to be mature. Now, now, now you might get real, 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 real close. But just as soon as you get where you think you might make it, there's going to come another crazy thought or something you have to cast down. Oops, somebody done offended you again. Religion teaches you to be perfect. Man's really, and see, man's way is trying to work his way to God by doing the various things to be approved. Where God is seeking after you. No, 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 no. My son is, he, he came. Listen, everything that Jesus provided made it that much easier that we can go straight before the Father on the basis of what he did, not how good I am. He doesn't see you on the basis of your goodness. He looks at you on the basis of Jesus' goodness. So when he looks at you, he look at, he look, that's, that's why our life is hid in Christ. So when he looks at you, he sees himself, his son. He sees you holy blameless and above reproach with your imperfected self. He still sees you holy because he's not looking at you on the basis of what you did. He's looking at you in light of what his son did. I know it's hard to say, man, because religion has taught you the more you do this, the more you do that, and the more you do this, the more you feel like you're distant from God because you, you feel like, hey, have I did it enough? Did I pray enough? Prayer is good. And since we talked about that earlier, keep praying. But God, look, your prayer life is not what makes you righteous. Pray, pray, please pray. We're made righteous by what he did. And we, the sooner you believe that, the sooner you'll find it that much easier to forgive. Because you'll realize that, Lord, he's forgiven me with all the stuff. Look, he's already forgiven you. So, so when you fall, look, just re- Lord, I receive your forgiveness. You know, I, I, I hear you, Lord, forgive me. He's already forgiven you. So now I just need to embrace that forgiveness. Y'all looking at me like, where is he getting this? In my Bible. It's a lovely book to read and to study. See, that's why I can't be getting off on the mother's up because I want to get to these seven things. But I, after all the stuff, I mean, the stuff that we've done, he's done. You, you remember that time you was like, that thing, you like, oh, I, I ain't never do that again. Nah, 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 n
Then Friday, back at the throne, Lord, please forgive me. I never do that again. And even when you came back, he was still looking at you as righteous. Now, see, see, he's telling me. You didn't hear me one time say, get out here and live like someone who doesn't know Jesus. That, that, not, not, that contradicts what we're reading now. I'm saying you're not going to be as flawless as religion has taught you. And you can't work your way enough to be right before God. See, you've been saved by grace through faith, not by works. Lest any man should boast. See, if you think about what you see, now you're being braggadocious. I've gotten this way because what I've did, sit down and learn your word. Good to me. See, that, that make you live, that make you want to walk right. Lord, Lord, you're a bad man, man. Even when I'm not at my best, you still see me as, oh, Lord, I, I can't help but to do right. So you can come in here and just, I don't feel like wearing suits half the time. Who was that that said that this morning? Pops ain't wore a suit in a while, which I have. She in school, so she didn't know. But religion, I have me in here. I, I used to do it all, and not, not, nothing against it. I still have my my uh, my, my uh, cassocks, and I done did the, the the robes and the kerchief card, and still have it tucked away. And when time needed for those who need me to put it on, I still have it. But none of that is what made me righteous. I'm just as righteous with holes in my jeans than the religious person who is sitting there and, and, and being taught that I can't receive if he doesn't have a suit on. You, you're religious, sir, ma'am. None of you in here, of course. I don't think nobody has a suit on. See a couple sports coats. <laughs> Just a bunch of free people in Jesus. Amen. What kind of church is that? One where Jesus is Lord. Didn't them same folk uh, tell you, come as you are. Then when you come as you are, why you got that on? Well, I thought you told me to come at you. Now, what we meant, what what we meant was, you know, uh. Let's look at these, let's look at these qualities, man. I got 17 minutes. Whoever lacks these qualities suffers from spiritual myopia. You lack discernment. Narrow-minded. This is what this. Is. 
well, I've attended. You're short-sighted, man, if you like these qualities. Well, you know, Reverend, you're short-sighted, man. Therefore, believers be all the more what? Diligent, swift, to make certain about his calling and choosing you. This is not talking about your gift in ministry. Those are given without repentance. So when he's, what he's talking about, being, here he's talking about make sure that you are who you say you are. If you accepted me as Savior and Lord, then your lifestyle, your conduct, your character should mimic the God that you serve. Are you here? That's what he's saying. Make sure he's not saying, well, make, make, make sure I'm called, called to prophesy. Are you here? Make sure I'm called to preach. No. Make sure if you say you're saved, check yourself. That's what he's, he says, right? Be sure that your behavior reflects and what? Do y'all, y'all reading what I'm reading? I'm, over, I'm at verse 10. Hmm. Watch this. Therefore, believers, be all the more diligent to make certain about what? His calling and choosing you. Be sure that your behavior reflects and conforms to what? Your, I'm sorry, confirms your relationship. So that's what he said. Make sure if, 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 if you're called, if you're my child, make sure that your lifestyle, you're living in such a way that it actually confirms you belong to me. Oh, boy. You see this? For by doing these things, these seven things that we're about to see, actively, and develop, uh, actively developing these virtues, you will what? Here it go. Never stumble. If you do an etymological study on that word, never study, study in the Greek, do, would you like to know what it means? It means you will never stumble. Now, how deep was that? That's what it said. It, again, that doesn't mean the offense won't come, Sister Wilson. It means that when it comes, I'm so disciplined in the word that I don't allow it to take root. So I never, great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing offends them. It doesn't mean the offense doesn't come. It means that when it comes, I don't allow it to take root. Yeah, it hurt, but I forgave. Oh, y'all missing this. No, you're not. Let's look at these seven qualities real quickly. Listen, these are essential elements to being successful as a believer. And again, we don't achieve them sequentially. So it ain't about, let me work on this one. Then work. It's, it's, I'm working on all of them at the same time. So don't let me call you too much from now. Pastor, I'm still working on knowledge. I got six more to go. And, and see, then you got that deep person. Pastor, you know what I did? I'm going to take the first seven months and each month. See, you're going, you're going back to religion. Each month, I'm going I'm to I'm devote my time. 
Number one, write these down, goodness. The first one is goodness. Depending on what translation, you either can see the word virtue or goodness. Okay? And it literally means uncommon character worthy of praise. Well, uncommon character worthy of praise. Excellence of character. Oh, listen to this. Exceptional civic virtue. A term denoting excellence or merit within a social context. So what are you saying? God wants us to be exemplary citizens. Watch this. Both in his kingdom and in the society in which we live. So it's not good just to be, see, we, we know how to be good here. How you doing? Good? Good all the time? God is good? Good? Uh, however you say it. I'm blessed, highly favored. See, you have to have that same attitude in the workplace. When the boss, you have to have that unblessed, gnarly favorite face. And forgive, boss. So, again, God wants us to be exemplary citizens, both of the kingdom of God and of the society in which we live. Okay? Why? Because we're called to be of the highest moral character. And see, we're going to see, did, did we read verse 10? Did, did, oh, look at the, 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 ver- the last part. It says, you will never stumble in your spiritual growth and will live a life that leads others away from sin. So when we, do, when, we, when we get this, it will actually lead others away from sin. So number one is what? Goodness. Uncommon character, worthy of praise. Excellence of character. Excellence of character. Exceptional civic virtue. That means, man, wherever you go, you wear this. You just don't wear it on Sunday. <laughs> oh, I got. You just don't wear it at the marketplace. See, probably the best place where you're gonna have to really wear it is at home. Now I'm about to do a pan of audits, and I want everybody looking. Don't be looking all around. I'm about to look. Because what I'm about to do now, I'm about to reveal who's doing this at home and who's not. And I can tell by you. Now I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to look. And I can tell how you're looking at me, even with your mask on, if this is in practice at home. Okay, y'all, for the most part, y'all doing pretty good. <laughs> About 20%. <laughs> You're doing good, so, okay. But, but that's going to be, because, the reason why I said it, because, notice, we easy to forgive other people, but, mm, notice, a little man's gas station, and you brushed it off. But when you get home, Are y'all here? So that's probably, uh, now I'm, I'm not saying that's what the Bible says. I'm just saying just through experience. 
Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. If you can perfect this at home, everywhere else be easy. See, because it's, it's, it's really kind of a hypocrite, a hypocrite, to be so easily and readily to forgive outside the home, but come home, and I ain't talked to you, and I ain't hugged you or kissed you or released that forgiveness since then. Well, when is then? I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. You the one. Are y'all here? Number two, knowledge. I, 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 sent, I hit a sensitive spot. I sense there's like, no, preacher, go to the next one. Number two, knowledge. Knowledge. And you can write these down. If not, go back to the video. But knowledge, it, here is spiritual discernment as to what is right and what is wrong in all things. Okay? The right way, the right time. Now, let me say this. The only way you're going to be able to know what is right and what is wrong, you have to have a knowledge of the Word. So you have to be a student of what the what. How does the Word of God tell me to respond to this situation? Here, again, here he's talking about knowledge of Scripture. Okay? So you want to know how to live a good Christian life? You have to get in the Word. Are you here? And see, here's the, th here's the thing. You, you can only run, run on what you know for so long. You got to get in the Word, man. What does the Word say to do? Are you here? Because whatever, you, you get dull. Like, man, you, you, and listen, thank God for mama and them and teacher them and uh, coach them, psychiatrist them, whoever. And, and that's all good, but what does... The word say. I say it because Proverbs 21 30 says this there is no human wisdom or understanding or counsel that can prevail against the Lord. What that simply means is. You may have a good plan. You may have a good strategy. But there's none that can prevail against the Lord. God's way, talking to the believer now, is the best way. And I submit to you, in some, it wouldn't have to resort to medicinal uh taking medicine, if you will, if they would just take his word and apply it. Well, my, my, this man knows a lot. He may. But I'm inquiring of the man who made the man. And that doesn't mean man can't help you. But when, when, when we're talking about increasing in these things, what does the Word say for me to do? Are you here? Okay, so number two is knowledge. So you're not going to be able to do this without being in the Word. So you have to be a student of the Word. Amen? Number three, self-control or temperance, whichever translation your word says. And here, uh, that word self-control in the Greek, it literally means restraint of one's emotions Impulses or desires. Watch this. 
one who masters his desires and passions, especially his sensual appetites. Now, I know you thought you could do it. No, you can't. Not on your own. No, you can't. Because self, and I've been teaching you this for years, and it's right here in the scripture. Self-control is a characteristic of the fruit of the Spirit. So you can't master self-control without the person, power, presence of the Holy Spirit. That's why we keep doing it sometimes. Because you say, man, I'm done with discipline myself. I'm going to do it. You fast. Yeah, I'm fasting this. Yeah, but as soon as you get hungry for that thing again, without that discipline and power of Holy Spirit, guess what? Look, don't get down on yourselves, guys. Today is a new day. Every day is a new day. Don't worry about it. Yes, they gone. Let me show you. Galatians 5, 22 through 25. Let me, let me read this real quick. Let me get you these other four. Watch this. Now, I said what that self-control is a characteristic of what? Fruit of the Holy Spirit. Watch this. Uh, but the fruit of the Spirit, the result of his presence with, within us is what? Love. So, look, evidence that he's in me, see, the, I'm loving like he loves. Are y'all here? I'm loving like, that's fruit, that, that's evidence that he's in me. I'm loving like, see, it's easy at Applebee's. But if you can get it right at home, I don't know why we keep going there. Y'all, y'all act right at home. Act right at home. I don't have to. <laughs> Look at somebody say, he's just serious. He just. <laughs> hey, we all, who, who, probably me and maybe one other person, we still working on it. We, we, we not perfect. I know. I know the majority of you are, and we, we admire your uh, uh, work, your diligence, and, and we look to you as examples, but we still working on it. We still working. It's me and about one other person. The rest of y'all, you are our heroes. No, keep, no, stand strong, for real. <laughs> come on, sis. Okay, come on, come on. But the fruit of the Spirit... The, the result of his presence within us is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, see, oh, inner peace. Great peace have they that love thy law. See, that's that inner peace. Nothing disturbs you. See, that, see again, it's a place of mature. You just don't get there because you've been saved seven years, man. You have to mature there, grow there. Patience. Oh, I, I love the way it says, not the ability to wait, but how you wait, but how you act. Why you. See, patience is not waiting. 
because you can wait and all anxious and hurried and frustrated and mad. No, no, no. Patience is how you wait, <laughs> how you act while waiting. Let me say it that way. See, patience is I'm going to go home and go on and go to bed. I'm going to get up and just take, I done gave it to the Lord and I'm going to. Huh? It's how you act while waiting. Lord, I don't pray that you fix this. How you act? See, because if you really believe that I already fixed it, you will act now like it's already fixed, and you won't consider how she's still acting or how he's still acting. Are they? Are y'all, see, we talk, I, I know we, didn't, we don't want to hear, we want to hear, no, I need, to, I need to get this down. Are you here? See, see, again, we got to look at, this is not, well, I'm so glad she's here today. See, no, now this is prideful. Be glad you're here today. Okay? No, because to say that, you said, I, I've already arrived and I don't need it. <laughs> okay. Kindness, goodness, faith. <laughs> well, you say, Jesus. I felt that thing. Jesus. Jesus. Faithfulness, gentleness, self control. You can't do this on your own. You can't fix it on you. Whatever it is, you can't fix it on your own. You're gonna even when you forgive quickly, you're gonna still need Jesus. Lord, I, I forgave him, but Lord, I need your help because this is this this one threw me for a loop. Against such there is no law. Now, what he's talking about here, you gotta remember what he's writing to the church of Galatia. These are men and women who were being Swayed by another gospel, and Paul said, "There's no, there is no other." Well, Paul, that you would seek another gospel. If an angel comes down from heaven to preach something other than, than what you've been taught, let them be a curse. So these are people who were still trying to depend on the law, which was self-effort, doing to be right. Notice, so when he says against these, there's no law. When you trust. God, you're, you're relying on him now and not yourself. So when you are relying on him, there is no law that I'm trying to live up to because Jesus is the standard now. Not what I do to be right. Because even though you, you can try it all you want on your own, this didn't come up short. Are you here? So, I, that's why I'm dependent on him, not me. That's what it means by there's no law. I'm dependent on him. Are you here? And those who belong to Christ, Jesus, do you see this? Verse 24, have done what? Crucify their symphonies together with the passion and appetites. So, if we claim to live by Holy Spirit, we must also walk by the Spirit with personal integrity, godly character, Moral conduct, 
our conduct empowered. empowered. So, so again, for self-control, you're going to need the person, power, presence of Holy Spirit. Are you here? Number four, perseverance or patience. And this is to the capacity to hold out or bear up in the face of difficulty. Again, guess who you're going to need? That, that was another characteristic of, of the fruit of the Spirit. So, Lord, Lord, I forgave, but I'm going to need, this thing is so heavy, I'm going to need your help in order for me to bear under this face of difficulty. Of this thing, this thing was so hard to me. This thing was so, so you're going to need Holy Spirit. Okay? And y'all, and y'all remember from Psalm 94, 22, the Lord or the Word is our defense. Is that up to, let, let's see it. I want to say, is it Psalm 94, 22? We got two more, and I'm going to let you go. Uh, but the Lord, no, no, I need to, I need, I, well, that's a good one, but give, give me the King James. It renders, I like the way it renders it. But the Lord is my defense. The, the Lord, his word, in the beginning was the word, the word was God, the word was with God, and the word became flesh. So you can say, but the word or the Lord is my defense, and my God is the rock of my refuge. So the Lord is my defense. That word, again, defense in the Hebrew is the word misgob, which means to be put in an unassailable place. Watch this where you are unable to be questioned, attacked, or defeated. So when I make the word my defense, it puts me in a place where I can't be attacked, where I can't be defeated, or even questioned. So, so, so when it comes to that patience and endurance, get hold of the word, and it puts you in that unassailable place. Oh, are you missing this? Number five, godliness is to have profound or awesome respect toward God. Devotion, devotedness, piety, godliness is to have a strong reverence for God. Watch this. A devotional life. Are you here? What do you mean a devotional life? Believers who grow in their faith always have or are in the process of developing and refining. Let, Let me say it again. So when you have a life of devotion, you are always in the process, watch this, of developing or refining. Why? Because it's part of my devotion. So I'm always increasing in these things. Are you here? They, they have some type of discipline in the way that they approach God. And, 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 and it's just not showing up on Sunday. It's what I do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 
Friday. See, 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 that's devotion. Not when I just show up on Sunday. Not play all week, show up on a Zoom class. No, it's how I live every day. Okay? It's reading the Word. It, it's forsaking and not the assembling of yourselves together with others. It's, it's having a life of meditation, prayer, etc. Are you here? So, godliness. Okay, so it's a strong reverence for God. And that's hard to do too if there's no time spent in His presence daily. Okay, number six, brotherly kindness or mutual affection. And this is the type of affection that one has for his family. Uh, in the New Testament, it refers to the sense of affection for a fellow Christian. So it's, again, it's hard to even have this without agape, which is the last one. And the last one is love. You see this? That unconditional, that love, that loves because that's what it does. It's not seeking a response. It's going to do the right thing because that's what it does. Look, look, agape leaves no room for offense because it occupies all space. I mean, you missed that. Hold on. Offense, is that what I said? No, that ain't what I said. Because I had to write it down. I said, Lord, now you said something there, Jesus. And he said, love leaves no room for offense. We're talking about agape. Why? Because love occupies all space. In other words, so when love hits the room, it engulfs the whole room. So there's no room for nothing but love. There's no space for anything else. Why? Because unconditional is here. Because love that seeks no response is here. Because love that's going to love you whether you're good or whether you're not is here. So there's no room for offense. That's why he's I'm not, he's everywhere. See, when you got love, wherever love shows up, love is going to love. So if you try to offend me, I'm not going to take it because I love. Not going to wait till you act right. No, there's no room for anything. It's because love is here. See if I was a. Let's read these verses. First Corinthians, and we'll close with this 13, 4 and 8, 4 through 8. I have no idea of the time, but it'll be okay. Still early. Look, love, I like that. Love, when he said that several weeks ago, I'm like, Lord, wow. It leaves no room for offense. Feels whatever room, wherever it enters, it occupies. We're talking about real love now. Agape, we're not talking about eros. 
that sensual, sexual type of love that has its place, married people. We're not talking about phileo, uh, that brother from which we get Philadelphia, that brotherly type of love. No, because, see, that's conditional. Because you can do that in and Or storge, that family type of love. No, agape is the highest form. Because those others oftentimes are conditional. Well, how do you know? You ever, be, you ever had a sibling upset with you? Okay, well, okay. You ever had a spouse upset with you? Okay, then. You ever anybody upset with you that's supposed to be related to you? Okay. See, those loves are conditional. But when agape is in operation, it occupies. First uh, Corinthians 13, <clears throat> 4. Love endures. Now, uh, if you can see this and can read, let's do it together. Ready? Let's go. Love endure. No, no I, I want, I'm saying it because I want, I want it to get in your spirit. Love endures with patience and serenity. Love is and thoughtful and is not jealous or envious. See, 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 see hold, hold on. That jealousy and uh, envy offended. Maybe it's something you said. Maybe something you didn't say. Maybe it's something you've done. Maybe something you didn't do. See, but but right here, when agape is in the room, there's no room for jealousy. There's no room for envy. Oh, there's no room to be proud or arrogant. It is not jealous or envious. Love does not brag and is not proud or arrogant. Verse 5, it is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not provoked nor overly sensitive and easily angered. See, and if we're overly sensitive and easily angered, I just need to get in this more. I need, I need to lavish myself in this a little bit more. It does not take into account a wrong endured. Again, as I stated in previous weeks, forgiving is not forgetting. Listen now. Hold on before you agree with that, which you should. Because we, see, he said you ain't supposed to forget. Hold on, sir. But the epitome of forgiveness is that when I forgive you, there's no longer any need to mention it. It's not Watch this. It's not that I forgot, but since I really forgave, I don't mention it. I didn't forget, but since I really forgave you, it's just as if it never happened. Not that I forgot. Are you here? Just doesn't mention it. So if I mention it, perhaps I really didn't forgive. Oh, it was quiet. Got quiet. Y'all probably not even going to read with me now. We're almost done. Read with me. Verse 6. It does not rejoice at injustice. Watch this. But rejoices with truth when right and truth prevail. Love bears 
all things. Regardless of what comes. Now, hold on. Again, there has to be balance. Because bearing all things doesn't mean that I have to subject myself to unfair abuse or treatment and just stay. No, 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 no. I, I, no, no. When it bears all things, no, no. I endure it. I, I forgave you. I love you. But I'm loving you from across the street. It is one thing we can use more of as Christians is balance and rightly dividing the word of God. Because some, some of these folk, man, I would have, hey, uh-uh. Now, let, let me, I'm going to do this because so I'm looking, just looking for it. Yeah, say it. Say it. My bags are packed now. Say it. I want to leave today. Say it. Say it, Reverend. Please say it. Verse 7. Let's, let's see me after church, whoever that is, because I can say it, please say it. Say it. Lord, let them say it. Tell me I can leave. Tell me I can go. You can leave in about 15 minutes when we're out of. Okay, come on. Love bears all things regardless of what comes. Believes all things. See, it it tells you what believe all things means. Because, again, we're not being foolish here. When it says believes all things, I'm I'm looking for the best in each. I'm looking for the best. I believe you're doing the right thing. I I want to believe that. See, because, see, without interpreting this right, you would be a, you, you would be kind of uh, off, even in the face of evidence, I mean, you got everything but the admission from the person. I mean, you got video, audio, pictures, time, dates, witnesses. So he's not saying, oh, I don't believe it. See, now you've been, you've been, you've been, okay? And even with that, I have to say this, without with, with a pile of evidence, just like the Lord had on us, there's still room for forgiveness and love. You can bounce back if you have two willing individuals. Okay, let's, let's, let me get off of that because of y'all. See, I got evidence. I got pictures. But that doesn't mean it's not beyond repair. Amen? All right. So, oh, I I sent some. Let's let's deal with this last verse. Regardless of what comes, believes all things, looking for the best in each other, hopes all things what? Remaining steadfast during difficult times, endures all things without weakening. Love never agape. Love never, watch this, it never ends. 
No, I'm sorry, it never fades nor ends. But as far as prophecies, they would pass. As far as tongues, they would cease. As, uh, as for the gift of special knowledge, it would pass away. But love never fails. Listen, Peter tells us that if we are to incorporate these seven qualities, we will never stumble. In other words, it's more when the opportunity comes to be offended. I don't allow that thing to take root because I'm so disciplined in the Word. I'm such a follower of Christ's Word. My response is going to be just like He would respond. No one said it's going to feel easy. No one said it's going to feel good all the time. But, but I, when I do the right thing, I always win. I'm going to win in spite of how it feels. So, again, we have to remain focused on His precepts and not what they did or what they said or what they've done. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.